Hello, hello, you're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm not Andrea, because Andrea is sitting this one out. It's Jen, the editor-in-chief. You know me. I've never done the intro before, but I'm not going to redo it. I'm going to be honest with you and keep it this way. (laughs) But luckily, it's not just me talking to you guys today. I am here with Brendan Principato from Boone. Um, You may remember we featured the song Candle on the podcast quite some time ago now. But um, they put out the album Bad Machine in 2022. Uh, we covered it, (laughs) we covered it over on the blog, um, and did a review of that. And then now we're here to give you more exclusive Boone content with Brendan. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you. So to kick this episode off, we are going to play one of Boone's songs, Gallop.
this was a song that I wrote actually that I never thought I would bring to the band. Um, I wrote it a long time ago. I think I wrote it like maybe January or February of 2019. So a really long time ago. And I was um, unemployed and listening to a lot of Arthur Russell. And I like just watched that YouTube documentary about him. So this song was originally just like me messing around with uh, an old drum machine that my dad gave me from the 70s. And um, I had really heavily affected vocals and was just kind of noodling this guitar part out. And then I forget how it got into the hands of the band, but they had heard it and they were like, let's try and play like that, that, <laughs> that like weird francy song that you wrote and then we did and we were like immediately we we're like okay we can turn this into something um pretty fun and i think that it it's obviously sounds pretty different than a lot of the other tracks on the record um a little more produced and the instrumentation is a little bit uh different but yeah it was definitely one of my favorite ones to make and um everyone kind of brought something really unique to the recording on that one that I love like uh Dan our drummer we found these like boxes in this hallway that were in a garbage pail while we were recording um that he brought into the studio and there's a drum part that's him just like banging on these boxes and our bass player Andy stole uh my pog octave pedal <laughs> and ran the bass through it so that's where that really weird like sound comes from and then Drew threw that multi-tap pedal on his guitar and a piano that he was playing. So you get that really like staccato, like bum, 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 bum. So they all kind of came in with these things and it like immediately transformed this very simple throwaway idea that I had into this like very huge um, atmosphere, which was, which was fun. I'm glad that you brought up the drum machine in the beginning. Because that was one of the things I was going to say about the song is I really, really like the intro to the song. And I was going to ask you if it was a drum machine. Didn't expect it to be a 70s drum machine. That's really cool. But the opening to this, I really like that percussion leading into the strings. That's really nice. I love that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. And, and we use that as the click track. And since it's so old, it actually is not perfectly in time. So we had to kind of like into it this thing slightly slowing down and speeding up which i liked because a lot of that song feels very mechanic to me and the fact that the most mechanical part of it is actually uh kind of messed up and off time here and there made it feel like more human which like right was the whole idea of bad machine so it was the drum machine is a bad machine in and of itself <laughs> i i liked no i think that's neat and i yeah like you said it does add uh, what would you say? It kind of adds a certain texture to it um, with that offbeatness. Actually, I didn't even notice it was offbeat. So if it was, it it's went so past tiny. my ears. <laughs> yeah, it's so tiny. We just had it laid into a session like with a click track and we noticed that it wasn't working. So we were like, whatever, we don't need this click track. Like, it's close enough. Where did you record this album? Uh, this was recorded in Queens. And I cannot remember the name of the studio. I think it's Artifact Audio. Um, and it's an incredible room. 
uh, run by our friend Sasha and Jesse, who recorded the record and also plays in Boone sometimes, was there recording it and he worked out of that studio. So um, yeah, Artifact Audio in Queens. Can't recommend it enough. Great spot. I had read about a little bit about the creation of this album mm-hmm. and how, if I understand correctly, you took almost a more improvisational approach where you had the bedrock and then added things to it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so when I say that it was recorded at Artifact Audio, what I mean is like the skeletons of the track. So like okay. we went there and we spent two days like laying down the guitar, bass, drums. But then there was a lot of other stuff that sort of went into it afterward. And a song that I we're talking about, The Light Later, yeah, that a couple songs on the record the band learned the day that we recorded it. Like we'd never played. Oh, I love that. And I just sort of was like, Hey, here's this idea. It's pretty simple. Like, you know, at this point I feel like certain songs I can bring to the band and they all just sort of intuit, like know where to take it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like you guys have done it again. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. 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 You could curse. You're good. <laughs> cool, <all right>. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's like, there's a level of, right trust that i can have with the band where i'm like okay they've never heard this song but i kind of want them to play it without ever having heard it before because then some of the stuff that they will just you know first thought best thought kind of thinking i guess where they just start playing something and all of a sudden it's it's a song now i don't know um and that works for certain things but but yeah, sorry, I got off, off topic of your no, question. You're good. But yeah, it was recorded in a bunch of places, and there were a lot of elements that were brought in which were not planned beforehand, um, for sure. That's really neat, because I was thinking about it, and I was wondering how you... When I think of studio time, I think of, like, super crunch, don't get to do a super lot of experimentation. So I was curious how you ended up approaching that. Um and it sounds like a lot of the creative process here involved you all just putting trust into each other. Yeah. This was the first time that you had the same lineup between two albums, correct? Yeah, and it's actually the first time though that they all we all appear on the same one. Like the one before this was actually just me and Drew, the guitar, keyboard, vocalist, and Jesse, who I mentioned, recorded the record. So that was actually just the three of us. This one uh, was the first time that it was, that it's really the first time that Dan is on the record drumming, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Now, the other songs that you picked, before we jump into talking about them specifically, Mm -hmm. when we asked you to bring a playlist in, how did you decide which songs because sometimes we get people who will just they'll pick random shit that doesn't have anything to do with the album (laughs) which is fine that's fun or we'll get people who pick songs that inspire them or influence them what was your thought process with picking these yeah so uh the one that we're going to talk about next daniel bachman is just something that i listened to a lot last year um i listened to a lot of ambient music and classic country music and his album combines this like Americana, uh, I don't know, 
Americana and noise and like, I don't know, it's sort of like a, you know, it feels like a dystopian radio transmission of like late series climate change. Um, and I've been listening to it a lot and it's just really affected me. And I think it's a really sick record. Um, I, it's hard to pick one song on it, but the one that I picked, I think just kind of encapsulates like everything that I just said about it. And then the other two, um, I picked because they're older. They're from like the early 2010s. And when Boone was like becoming a band, both of those songs sort of informed like, informed me about what I was looking to do with a band um, for different reasons, but just stuff that I listened to in college a lot and inspired me to want to like run with some of the ideas that they present um, in very different ways, I guess. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Daniel Bachman song, but first let's play it for the listeners. This is Who Nelly. It's a long song title. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that one. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're listening to Daniel Bachman's 324 AM KHB36 When the World's on Fire. i 
I kind of nailed it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I've actually never said that out loud. So, <laughs> as far as you nailed it. Because I had listened to it before this, of course, and then I was thinking about it even when I first listened to it. I was like, well, damn, I hope Andrea's here so she can say it out loud instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, not too bad once I started getting going. Um, this is a really nifty song. It actually reminds me a little bit of this album from 2021 that I really liked. It was actually one of my favorites of 2021. But it's by a band called Brute, like B-R-U-I-T. Brute. And, you gotta write that down. Yeah, I really think you would like it based on you picking this song. Because cool. it's this like post-rock ambient drone thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds right up the alley for me. And it, it utilizes field recordings in that. And it the way that this song uses uh, the little snippets of like, I guess it's weather reports. Yeah. Yeah. Weather or radio or something. That Brute album does kind of a similar thing where its main theme is about climate change and environmentalism and stuff like that. Hmm. And there's a song on it where the recording that's playing is just a guy talking about like the logging industry Huh. Super captivating, though, because you would think, well, I don't really want to listen to a guy talk about the yeah, vlog. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that was the vibe I got for this song. Pardon me for giving you an unsolicited music recommendation oh, based great. on it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm going on a drive after this, so I'll, I'll throw it on. Ooh. Yeah, I really dug this. I really liked that texture that it has with between like the static and the field recordings and all that. I ended up listening to the whole album. Uh, it's called Almanac Behind for the listeners. Um, yeah. Cause I was at work and I was like, this is a good thing to throw on at work, but I really want to sit down with it and really, really listen to it without, instead of just as background noise. Cause I can tell there's yeah. a lot of interesting stuff going on. Definitely. Once you get past that, like initial abrasiveness of it, it's like a really <laughs> contagious listen. Like, and every time that I hear it more and more, I find myself being like comforted by it as opposed to <laughs> being afraid of it. Like the first time I, looked, <laughs> I was driving, it was pouring and me and my partner were like, damn, I feel like we're like, uh, you know, approaching the final scene of like a really fucked up movie. Um, <laughs> but now when I hear it, I'm like, wow, this is so pleasant i don't know i don't know how or when that shift occurred but yeah it's a really special album for sure i like that vibe actually you mentioning the vibe of scary and then pleasant there's a song on bad machine oh and of course i'm not gonna remember which one it is so help me out sure. but it's the one that has it's like the chorus or the bridge is about the spider Eating. That's Camel, the one that you guys wrote Yes, yeah. thank you. That would explain why I was thinking on it, too. <laughs> I really like Candle, and something that struck me about that song lyrically was how that part in particular was a little creepy. Mm -hmm. But the whole, like, the tone of the song is still very positive, and I really like that. Um, it's fun when artists come on to bring on songs because... 
I'll end up thinking of all these songs in the context of your album. So mm. you'll end up, then we'll have artists come on and they'll say something and I'll be like, oh, you might not know this, but that's exactly how I feel about one of your songs. <laughs> huh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess that is interesting that when you're like asking artists to bring songs and then before hearing why they brought them, you're like, well, how does this? Yeah, that's cool. That's sweet. <laughs> um, with regards to ambient music, do you find yourself kind of drawing on ambient influences when it comes to Boone? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I like, I feel like the, the older I get, the more I lean on that. Um, I, I love ambient music. I listen to ambient music more than anything else. I have like a whole text group called the Vibe Pit, which has dozens of people in it that I send like ambient recommendations out to. I, I am like obsessed with ambient music and it, it's the amount, like I have to really restrain myself to not make all of these songs 20 minutes long because they have like 10 minutes of ambient shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the vibe pit. I want a vibe pit group chat. I don't even listen to ambient music that one. So now I want to make my own. Anyone's welcome in the vibe pit. <laughs> ambient music is interesting. I really only started recently kind of diving into more ambient stuff. And as I go, I'm like, man, I was really missing out. Because there's something really special about it. And sometimes I go in at tracks like that. And I'm like, whoa, this is 20 minutes long, like you were saying. And, and then you start listening to it, and it's like surprisingly easy listen, a, a, an easy but complex listen. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, like the perfect amount of time to fold all your laundry. And then <laughs> you listen to one song, and that was great. Laundry, long drives. <laughs> yeah, that rules. Me and my a friend of mine, Actually, because she's super into ambient music, we did like an exchange. I'm going to tell her about the vibe pit. <laughs> yeah, gonna, you have my gonna, email, so anyone's gonna, welcome. We're doing the copycat vibe pit group chat over in my friend group now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, before we move on to the next song, is there anything else you wanted to tell me about uh, Daniel Bachman, the album, the song? Um, I guess one more thing that I really like about that one is they, you know, there's that really, uh, you know, fucked up version of this land is your land kind of embedded in the chaos of like all the samples and stuff. And I think that it's really cool how he, you know, cause like, I feel like a lot of people, definitely the people who are listening to this, but no one's like saying, Oh, this land is your land is like a really important song to my life. <laughs> patriotic. Like it's sick. But still when you hear that, it's like embedded in a part of your brain that is been there maybe as long as you could remember thinking. So for him to like have that mixed in with all this other chaos, I feel like it immediately like, turn something on in my head that maybe hasn't been for a while. And I'm like, Oh, I like, kind of forgot about that song, but it sounds really fucked up here. <laughs> and like, before I even get to like what he means by putting it there, it mm -hmm. makes me feel something that's very confusing. And that is interesting um, to hear something and feel confused by it in like an emotional way, not just like a, what is this sound? Mm -hmm. Because I know what the sound is so definitely. Um, I don't know. I just really like that. 
No, that is really cool. So for listeners, if you enjoyed that track, go check out Almanac Behind and check out Brute too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this like climate change ambient post rock yeah <laughs> vibe so i'll talk a little bit about your next selection which is juliana barwick's one half You know, ambient leaning, I guess, uh, or like, you know, more atmospheric, I guess you could say. But I just, that song, when I first heard it, when it came out, I was like, huh, like, this is like a, this is like a pop song embedded in just like a cloud of 
vocals and synths and field recordings. Like that's interesting. And I'd heard it before, but the way that the vocals sat in the mix on this song, I guess I was like, whoa, like she's intentionally making this a pop song within this cloud. Like that's a pretty cool idea. Um, and just the way that it goes from something so ambient into something so vocally forward and then kind of back into this like whirlpool of sound um, is something that I, I think about constantly when I'm writing and recording for Boone. And, you know, when you asked me to bring songs to the table, this one kind of popped in because I haven't listened to this song truthfully and probably close to 10 years at this point, but I think of it and the way that it made me feel when I first heard it. And it kind of keeps me pushing the band in a direction that like adheres to the idea of that, which is like a song doesn't have to be one thing or the other thing. It can also be both or none, or, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Put it all into a blender, I guess, is kind of what I what I learned from that song. No, I like that. I like that's a lot of staying power for a song to not even yeah. be listening to it that often and to have it in the back of your head. Yeah, um, I really haven't heard that whole record too. Nepenthe is like insane, and I, it, that's like one of the singles off it, I think. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't listen to it too often, but it stays with me as like a it, you know I feel like without sounding too dramatic. It, I was going to say it, it changed me, but it changed my idea of what <laughs> a song could be, um, certainly. Yeah, that is um, a really gorgeous, tender song. Um, it's got like kind of a folk vibe to it, too. Definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love how many melodies are presented, but none of them are super... Uh, like domineering or overbearing, they all just kind of like enter and have their moment and then kind of like recede back into this like larger pool of sound, um, which I really love. It's interesting what you were saying before about it kind of slowly turning into a poppier song and how you said that that's influenced the way you thought about Boone because as you were describing it, I was like, oh, I could see that. I can hear that on Bad Machine a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the sort of like, you know, I guess the way that I'm hearing it is this like merry-go-round of melody and vocal ideas. And like, you know, maybe one comes to the front as the merry-go-round's turning around. But then the other ones in the back, you can hear, they're just kind of like further away and they're like at different angles and all kind of distorted and swelling and ebbing and yeah i don't know i really i really love the way that she crafted like the space um on this whole album but yeah especially this song describing the vocals like a merry ground i like that the vocals on bad machine they have a lot of layers to it kind of similar to that um how did you approach recording in that way did you do a lot of like harmony tracks or is it just a lot of modification whatever word I'm uh, looking for? some of both but yeah there are a lot of harmonies we so jesse same person who recorded the full band um we went together to this cabin that i'd rented in west virginia 
just to do the vocals, um, which was so sick. It was like in the summer of 2020. So there was no one around anywhere. And we were just alone in the middle of nowhere um, recording vocals. And yeah, we did a lot of different harmonies. We did a lot of different like interlocking parts. A lot of the stuff that we recorded I ended up getting cut. So we were just kind of like having a good time adding lots of different stuff, pulling different stuff out, experimenting. Um, and yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of different conversation around, you know, taking on that same improvisational approach that we were talking about. There were a lot of ad lib things that we just threw in. Yeah. The way you're describing it, um, I saw in a statement, the way you had described uh, the process for Bad Machine was leaning into the chaos. And mm-hmm. I can definitely, you can definitely get that vibe from it. And the way you're describing the recording process, I can definitely get where that's coming from. It's so cool, too, because it's like when you think chaos, you think like mm, clanging. <laughs> clanging bots and crazy things like that and then you listen to this you listen to bad machine and even some of the songs that you've picked today it's like a comforting chaos it's really interesting hmm. oh wow okay well I'm, I'm <laughs> glad. So that's great yeah i mean it's definitely comforting for me you know like i've feel like I think I've said this before, at least the, the band, but a lot of the Boone songs, I feel like I'm sort of talking to myself. And then the content of what I'm talking about might be uncomfortable, but then like through the process of talking about it, it becomes comfortable. So yeah, that, that definitely is, a I would hope, a byproduct of the way that they turn out. I hope this is the song I'm thinking of, but I think uh, A Shape of Shell was the one that had stood out to me. Um, yeah, because that's the one that does um, the ask yourself what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think that one was one that I really liked because I got that sense of resolving anxiety and it was very, very nice. You could feel the anxiety, but then there's a comfort to it. It always feels very silly to describe someone else's songs to them. <laughs> I I kind of like it. It's interesting. And I mean, yeah, that song definitely was supposed to feel sort of celebratory um, or like, you know, like, you know, something's been passed through like a threshold. Um, and yeah, it is, it is a positive one. So I'm glad that that comes through for sure. That's cool to hear. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorite ones. And then, of course, when I listen out. That was out, the other one besides the light that the band learned the day they recorded it. They'd never oh. played um, And I, like, recorded my part first, that, like, arpeggiating guitar. And that, again, acted as the click um, that they played with. And we sort of just, like, smithed it right there. It also was, like, twice as long. And the band was like, this is too long. We got to cut it back. <laughs> we like totally changed the form. I recorded my part. And then they wrote and recorded parts in like a couple hours, which was super cool. 
the next album, which the band's actually coming to my house tomorrow for us to record. I recorded like all of my parts almost for this next record, because when we recorded Shape a Shell, I got to be way more like in a conductor mode being like talking through different parts. And I wasn't so worried about like playing my part perfectly because it was already done. And this next record, we're going to do basically that for every song. So that process actually really informed what we're doing now, which um, was cool because that was not a plan. Mm-hmm. We just happened to do it because it was easier than playing all together with that arpeggiating guitar, which was like very mechanical, um, more bad machine shit. Like could we couldn't play with the even tied pedal I was using correctly. So we had to like split it up. That's so cool. I love those kinds of peeks behind the curtain of Mario <laughs> just coming on and saying, yeah, this thing was fucking up. And I'm like, could have never guessed. <laughs> so much. I like, I'm obsessed with uh, BBC classic albums. My like one oh. complaint is that they don't have that for like every record ever made. I spent my entire life watching <laughs> 90 minutes of like talking heads explaining things that went wrong and how other things happened. And it's so, so sick. Just don't watch the Fleetwood Mac one. That one's extremely sad and twice as long as all the others. It's grueling. Yeah, that seems like it would be. (laughs) Yeah. It's all of them being like, we hated it. Making rumors (laughs) like for an hour and a half. It's really depressing. (laughs) That sounds about right. Ooh, I totally... I've gotten us off track. <laughs> I usually don't, and the listeners will know, I usually don't host the podcast. I've co-hosted a couple times. I've been the guest a couple times. And uh, the way I'm like approaching this recording, I'm thinking about it as like, oh, I'm doing an interview for the blog. And then I was like, oh, shit, we got a playlist to stick to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm hoping if you're listening that you're, didn't turn it off. You didn't say, oh, I hate this bitch. I only want to hear Andrea. <laughs> but uh, I didn't forget about the topic of this show. I didn't forget about the format. Next song that you brought <laughs> was from an artist called Caddy Wampus, which great name, first of all. Uh, and the song is called Company by Caddy Wampus.
yeah, there's a really sweet part where this groove kind of breaks down and changes into three. Um, and the song is like a lot of sections. Um, and I just love the way that Caddy Wampus kind of like abandons form and they're just like, we'll do a chorus and then we'll do a different chorus entirely. And then we'll do another chorus and they just like keep the train rolling at top speed. And it's really cool. Yeah. I liked when I was listening to this, it was making me think like noise pop math rock almost with how they yeah. were switching it up. It's really neat. Also uh, a two piece, which is always interesting when a two piece can bring that kind of what? power. I didn't even realize that. Yep. Whoa. Caddy Wampus. Also wow. kind of cool. They actually just announced their first show in like five years which is like in New Orleans, oh. so I won't get to go, but it's a cool <laughs> records like anniversary show. Pretty sweet. That's really cool. Yeah, for the listeners, the song that we're going to play for you here is actually from a 2014 album, or no, a 2014 EP. Mm-hmm. Or at least Spotify has it. I think. Yeah, it's... EP, but I remember it's got some, some meat. Spotify has it listed as an EP. Yeah. But... I mean, Meh, album EP, sometimes Spotify's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it's from 2014's Feathering a Nest. Um, this is like really my shit. I really missed out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything there I can pick out like a math rock influence. Ooh, I'm all over it. So I'm going to listen to this EP album, whatever it is. Um, yeah, if you like company, I bet. You'll love the whole thing. That last song, Layers, is insane. Also, yeah. 10 minutes, which, Ooh. come on. No problem. Fuck yeah, a 10 minute song. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we oh. like that sort of thing. We like that sort of thing here. What would you consider the stuff that you put out with Boone? Would you consider that noise pop almost? Not really. Would you consider it noise pop, noise pop influenced? I don't know. I I have a hard time with genre, I guess. Me too. Like, I mean, there's definitely stuff that, from noise music in there, and there's stuff from pop music in there. But I don't I don't really know what noise pop is, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Like it, <laughs> and noise pop feels so extreme. Like, it would have to be, like, like I, I don't even know. I, I can't think of a noise pop artist. Like, 100 Gex feels like noise pop to me. <laughs> That's hyper pop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which maybe I, that I is noise pop. Touch. I'm out of, well, me too. <laughs> I think it's called hyper pop. <laughs> no, that sounds right. That sounds right. No, Okay, let me get it. I asked the question and now I can't fucking think of a noise pop band. It's like, oh, okay. This says noise pop, like the Jesus and Mary chain, My Bloody Valentine. That feels more like shoegaze to me, right? Yeah, like neither of those feel extreme enough to to be crowned noise pop. Noise pop's like Beyonce vocals over throbbing gristle or something. Oh, like something just really. I I would be all over that. Yeah, I'd listen to that too. That sounds good. (laughs) Beyonce over taking a note. I'm taking notes. Um, you know my peek behind the curtain for writing reviews on Left of the Dial and writing music reviews. 
And on the off times I write film reviews too, I get uh-huh. to a point where I'm like, yo, I got to classify this. I got yeah. st- to put a genre to it. And I sit there and I'm like, huh, well, did they say anything in the press release? What genre did they call it in there? Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> so I'll, I ask the question, the loaded question of genre, and then I think it back, and I'm like, fuck, I don't know the answer either. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we most often get psych rock, but... Psych rock? Yeah, I don't even know how true that is. We can kind... I think psych rock, yeah. I think, like, stuff my uncle listens to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> More tootling. <laughs> Yeah, that's Caddy Wampus and our thoughts on the genre noise, Bob. Um, before we move on, because I did get us off track there, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about the song company? It's just a good example of what Caddy Wampus does, kind of jumping from section to section. Every single part of the song is kind of a hook. And instead of like capitalizing on it and like beating it to death, they kind of just like let the hook happen and then move on. Um, and that, I feel like when I first heard that, I was like, whoa, this is this is really crazy and feels really different and really special. And I think about that when I'm writing, like, do I need to repeat this? And if I'm repeating it, why? And would it just be better to let this idea happen once? Or, you know, just the idea of repetition, I feel like is something that I think about more because of Caddy Wampus. And like listening to a lot of ambient music, I would, I would play the same chord forever you know one note is all that is needed but i realize that i can't i can't always do that i can't always do that i tell you though if you release the super secret b-side cut of uh, a shape of shell that's a 10 minute ambient song i mean <laughs> i'm going for it we'll play it on left of the dial <laughs> oh but um uh, here's a real song from Boone that we're going to play here on Left of the Dial. Uh, and it's The Light, which is the final song you brought to us today. Um, and it is the second to last song on the album. Yep. The Light is the oldest song on the record. I had been oh. kind of messing around with that idea um, since, I think, 2016 or 2017. It's really old and had never really brought it to the band, um, just sort of like played it when I was home. Um, again, it was kind of this like comforting thing that I would play. And then, yeah, I thought this really fits the album and what we're trying to do. So I just kind of surprised the band and was like, hey, we're gonna do this other song. Um, and it goes like this and I played it and it was like the last night we were in the studio and I think it was like 1 a.m. when they heard it. And I was like, okay, now we're just going to play it. And we played it once and that was that. And then it was done. Wow. And I was like, okay, wow, this worked. Like, this is really cool. We had a little, we had a conversation about it and we trimmed it back a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a, kind of a one take wonder thing, which was pretty sick. Now that's really cool. It's also the only song that I played electric guitar on so I could be in the same room as them. I play acoustic on everything else. uh, So I was in like an isolation booth. So in this song, I was able to like kind of stand there and give like really clear like nods when we would move into the next section. 
since they didn't know the form that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a really, really fun one to record. And then we, then we wrapped the session after doing that one. What was it like recording those more like visceral vocals? It was fun. Uh, so that was, <laughs> there were a couple of friends who were in the neighborhood who like stopped by and were helping us record a couple of other things. And yeah, we all were around uh, like two microphones in figure eight. Actually, our bass player was, this was at four in the morning at this point, And our bass player was so tired. He was asleep on the floor while we were all screaming around this <laughs> microphone. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. We did like the scream in the light. We also did like all the weird stuff in the candle chorus. So like blah, 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 all of us just making mouth noises. Um, and yeah, at that point, you know, it was 4 a.m. So we were, we were a little out of it and just kind of trying stuff. <laughs> and then, yeah, the screen made it. I love that. <laughs> the image of everybody yelling around the bass player asleep. I love that. And yeah, and we had like, we would do a countdown, like three, two, one, and then everyone would do it. And the whole room would kind of like, <clears throat> from like the screaming. Right. Like, it was really cool. That is um, cool. Wow. I didn't even think of. I didn't put together that it was multiple people yelling. I was just like, oh, and they're layering one. But that's so yeah, I think fun. It's like eight people. That six, rules. Seven. Yeah. It was fun. That is cool. I like the idea of the 4 a.m. mouth sounds going in. Yeah, that's, wonder... like a, that's like a Boone special. We feel like <laughs> we do that on every album. It's like the last vocal take is at four in the morning. We're all exhausted. That's the sort of thing I think every band needs to share is, all right, but what part of the album did you record at 4 a.m.? <laughs> Very yeah, important. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you were to isolate those tracks, you could definitely tell it was a <laughs> some pretty deranged sounding <laughs> shit. <sighs> About that yell, though, I guess, which is kind of cool, is I sort of pictured it like being in a regular cadence and like, feeding back. But when Ben Etter mixed the record, he was the one who kind of like offset it from itself. So it kind of like hits on different beats as opposed to hitting at the same moment every time, which I really like. And uh, all credit goes to him for that idea, which was, it has to be said that Ben is uh, a true angel. <laughs> Loved working with him. And he like, it was pretty crazy to hand this album off to him and get the first round mixes back and be like, Oh my God, like, you know, he gets it so much and he nailed it. Like right out of the gate, we were all so humbled to hear what he had done. And we're like, wow. Cause like, you know, we gave him references and stuff, but, and I talked to him a little bit, but it was just so close from the get go with him. Um, I don't know. It's pretty amazing to have someone, you know, do that for us. I don't know. It was it was really cool. I, I loved working with him. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was one of the many things that he kind of brought <laughs> to the record was the offset screen. Yeah, props to Ben because I really like that part. Yeah, Ben's yeah, the homie. <laughs> now it's nice to hear about the two. It's something you know really special about having someone who totally picks up on the vibe from the get go. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been talking about the song. We're going to play the song. 
listeners, I know we've been teasing this yell. You want to hear it. But here it comes. comes. (laughs) Actually, before here it comes. Before we end off with the song. And we got to do some plugs. What's your Twitter? All that stuff. I am playing a solo show as Boone on the 27th um, in Brooklyn. Uh, It'll be on our Instagram, which is just boone.boone.boone. It's at someone's apartment, so you'll have to do the whole DM for address thing, but I'll be playing all new stuff that we're going to be recording this weekend. And the other thing we have coming up, which is really cool, is our vinyl was super delayed, but uh, our bass player just picked it up from the plant today, so we'll be kind of signal boosting our vinyl release and hopefully getting a show in the books for that but you can pick up a copy from the windowsill records Bandcamp page hey, hey guys i have yeah. um almost jumped in here about 30 times um i can't not say did we just breeze over did you say you're going to be playing all new stuff on january 27th that you're recording this weekend yes uh, <laughs> okay that is <laughs> I, I have a hundred questions. That is, that is really impressive and ambitious, and I am um, fascinated to. Th- uh, I, I would love to hear very quickly, and then I'll leave you both back to this episode, which has been so fun just to listen to. Um, but um, what kind of? I guess the easy question is is why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm in upstate New York and the band's in Philly. So it's a really small apartment show. Um, and I was actually going to just play ambient music solo, but then my friend was like, oh, well, you could play as Boone too if you wanted. It's like a low key show. So I'm going to be playing a couple of new songs alone. And then Jesse, who recorded Bad Machine, is going to be joining me to play a couple of other new songs that are going to be on the next record. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah. And I just think that the newer stuff is like a lot more uh, like stripped down acoustic guitar sort of vibe. So it's easier for me to play those solo and not, you know, the bad machine stuff solo doesn't feel right. Right. Uh, yeah. That makes know, sense. To, that uh, rules. That's going to be a really cool show. I, uh, I am. Um, I'm excited to hear how it goes. That's, that's awesome. Um, oh, also, yeah, hi, Brendan. Nice to officially meet you. I'm waving. <laughs> I just realized my camera isn't on, but uh, yeah, great too. <laughs> I'm going to uh, let you guys get back to it. And, and thank you so much for being here. And Jen, thank you for being the best uh, pinch hitter, I think is the sports metaphor. Um, <laughs> that sounds doing. right. You guys, you, y'all have been great. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I feel your pain. I had uh, like the flu for like a month last year so i know the sickness not going away vibe and you're a huge trooper for even being here <laughs> so thank you for everything and feel She's, better she said ugh the worst <laughs> <laughs> really the worst oh oh i have to plug myself well you know me you know me i don't know i'm on uh, left of the dial check out left of the dial dot fm I'm the editor-in-chief. You probably know that. (laughs) Uh, What else is there about little old me? I don't know. Follow Left of the Dial PC if you're not. Um, I guess you could follow me on Twitter, too, if that really struck your fancy. Um, I am at spooky underscore redacted. (laughs) 
because I changed my uh, my name so that because I was looking for a job and I didn't. I used to be Spooky Coochie, <laughs> and when you searched my name, it came up as Spooky Coochie, and I was like, can't get a job like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! So that's my plug. Um, <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Brendan, for being here. Um, it was really fun. Um, listeners, if it has not been made apparent, by the way, I am talking about it. I do really like Boone's Bad Machine. If you have not listened to it, you should listen to it. Um, fantastic stuff. Um, all of the appropriate links to listen to all of the songs we've talked about will be in the show notes. And let us close out with the final track, which is The Light by Boone. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh